Hello everyone, welcome to another action-packed episode of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, humbly yours, joined as always by a man who has wined and dined with kings and queens and feasted in a back alley on pork and beans, the Brent. Hey, how's it going? Just great, just great. Hey, have a good week? Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you. It's, it's who to thunk it? <laughs> who to thunk it? Father's Day. Uh, but... Uh, we're not here to talk about Father's Day, Brent. Nope. We're out here to talk about the Neo Geo. Yes. We spun the wheel. We made the deal. And the wheel told us that this week, we'll be tasked with playing games on the illustrious, the exotic, the expensive Neo Geo. Now, it is those things and more. I always ask this question, and I know the answer this week. Have you ever owned a Neo Geo? Oh, oh, oh. I can't afford a Neo Geo now. You know, uh, I'm going to give a little information on the Neo Geo, but before I do, I just want to make a, uh, an interesting quip for people like us. Uh, we have been in the arcade game hobby for many years now. Yes. And in the old days, uh, having a Neo Geo, no problem, like that, you got them. Yeah. They were giving these things yep. away. A couple hundred bucks, Cabs, it's yours. Yes. Yep. Uh, and the uh, arcade hardware was, was the identical... Uh, hardware to what you would get at home yeah. for the most Minus part. Minus a shell, that's right. pretty much it. And the joysticks and whatnot. And so we could have, I can't tell you the number of times that I had the opportunity to own a Neo Geo. And all in one slot, two slot, and four slot. Yeah, and yeah. just never did it. And uh, they make cartridges for the Neo Geo arcade machines that will that pretty much contain every game. Yeah, oh yeah, multi-carts. So, yes. so it would defeat the, the purpose of having to collect these things. But uh, these Neo Geo consoles were high dollar, uh, big time, big rich guy money yep. back in the day. So uh, not back in the day. Well, still, still today. Yeah. So uh, the Neo Geo was manufactured by SNK Corporation. Yes. Uh, they were they came in a, in several different flavors, which I'll get into. And, uh, and these were released in Japan. Uh, in uh, I get this. This is crazy. Just guess what year do you figure these were released? And they came out the same year in Japan and North America. The, the consoles? Neo, the Neo Geo system. Oh, like what, 92? And 90. 90. 90, okay. Yeah, so uh, April April in uh, Japan and and August in America and in the UK and the EU was out in 91. So uh, it's funny, these started out as strictly arcade, um, an arcade venture. Uh, these, these were just arcade machines. Just like anything else, uh, uh, the uh, they ran on a uh, Motorola 68000. Another one. Here's another machine that ran on a Motorola. Yep. And uh, uh, had a 12 uh, 12 megahertz. It had a, Z, a Zilog Z80 or Z80A, if you will, at four megahertz. And they had 64k of RAM. Uh, they had 84k of VRAM, video RAM, and 2k of sound memory. And they had a and it had memory card slot. If you'll recall, mm -hmm. we should see this yep. memory card slot. And then the display on these things, the resolution 320 by 224, uh, and it had a 4,096 uh, color palette out of a choice of 65,000 plus color. Yep. So standard stuff. The sound on it, which was always, always enjoyed the sound on the Neo Geo, was the old Yamaha YM26010. Uh, so this is, you know, this is all Cadillac stuff back in the day. Um, so these were a hit. Uh, Pretty much right out of the gate, and because what they allowed you to do, if, if you owned an arcade machine or were an arcade operator back in the day, uh, when it was time to switch out an old game that had gotten stale, uh, you would you would have to literally either buy a new cabinet or you would have to strip out the cabinet that you currently had uh, for a new game. And so what that meant would be uh, often it would be your full rewire because in that in the in that day. Uh, often, the marquee, often the games, the bezels, yeah, the, but the games yep. would run on different uh, power supplies. Some yep. usually the same power supply, but different wire harnesses and whatnot. Now, uh, in the in the late '80s, the uh, JAMA standard was introduced, which was the Japanese arcade manufacturers. Uh, I think it's multi adapters. What I think what it's a gift. For. Yeah, and <laughs> the JAMA was great because it was you just the boards had the same layout. You just plugged them into the same uh, wiring harness. And then occasionally, if a board needed more buttons, you would have additional wiring harness to uh, to put to put in for that. But right. was, that that I will say that wasn't standard, which became a, a pain in the butt. The, the additional button harness that different manufacturers use different ones. Uh, but for the most part, the Jammer standard was great. 
uh, and a lot of the arcade games that you would uh, expect of that era used it. You know, your Mortal Kombat, your uh, Street Fighter Two, well, you know, your your you know Wrestle Wrestle Fest, virtually or, everything. Now you had some arcade uh, holdouts that like or like stuff that used a different resolution monitor. Let's say your Virtual Fighters, for example, right. has a higher res monitor. Uh, but the JAMA standard was great, but <clears throat> while you didn't have to rewire the cabinet, you still had to go through the time-intensive, laborious task of going through, changing, like you said, changing the marquee, changing the control panel sometimes, yeah. uh, maybe stripping off the side art. And so the Neo Geo system came into play, and they, they weren't the first to go down this road of having a cartridge-based system that would be a catch-all for arcade machines. I mean, Nintendo had done it with their play choice and, you know, stuff like the that. You DECA know. cassettes. Yeah, the DECA. And so, but Neo Geo had a, a real slick system. If you bought a Neo Geo cabinet, uh, and of course they also had conversion kits as well, but if you bought the cabinet, it was usually like a black cabinet with red, uh, uh, with a red uh, R on the side. Uh, the control panel was red, had SNK, it was... The, red the, and white. Yeah. It, had, it usually would have two joysticks and four, I believe it had four buttons. Four and, buttons. And usually... Usually the buttons were in a, uh, one of two layouts. Usually they were either four that were sort of right in a row, or two and two. Right. You know, and then you had uh, uh, a marquee, and then once you got your uh, Neo Geo system in place, uh, you, when it was time to switch out a game, all you'd have to do is switch out the marquee, and they really you had you covered on that too, because the marquee would just say Neo Geo and have an empty spot in it, like a, and you could just slip a, a a card in it that would have the new game mm -hmm. name. So. And people got used to it after a while. They're like, okay, let's see what's on the Neo Geo this month. And they'd go over and look. And it was, and it worked out pretty well. Yes. And then eventually they would release um, multiple uh, systems. Uh, that, that meant the person that was playing the game could come over and select the game they wanted to play out of, out of Which like was said, huge. four or, or, or two. One, or two, three. and four yeah. is what I remember. And, yeah. and, uh, and, you, and you could pick the game, and it, and, and it had, usually the, right beside the button, there'd be a little digital readout, you know, like a, like a LED a gimmick, and then you would, it, like, and you'd say, okay, select game one, two, three, and then once you selected your game, you hit the button, it would come up, and that'd be the game you'd be playing. And it worked out, it was a great system, wasn't it? It was, well, for arcades, it was great because easy to switch games fast. But for places like pizza parlors, where uh, footprint space is a premium, when you can put a Neo Geo cab in and have four games, you know that's like four times the revenue for them. Right now, like I said, these did not start out as uh, something that was going to be a home console. Uh, what happened in Japan? I don't know if this ever. I don't know if this ever happened in the states, but in Japan, you could actually rent these consoles when you stayed at hotels. <laughs> that was a it was a hotel rental. Like people really liked them, and they, and they wanted them. Um, so eventually, they started uh, selling a home version, right? And they uh, uh, these debuted. The debut price price in the U.S. was planned to be six hundred dollars, right? But and it was going to in include two joystick controllers and a game, and you'd get your choice of games. Uh, and this is a this is a uh, uh, there's an obvious choice here. Your choices of the game you would get would would have been either Baseball Stars Professional or Nam 1975. <laughs> now let me tell you something. Something tells Go you, with uh, Baseball Stars. I think some of those Nam are probably still out there. But uh, this didn't. That's not what it launched as. Uh, they raised the price for the American launch. And the gold system debuted for six hundred and fifty dollars, which in today's money, that is uh, around twelve hundred bucks. Woof. Yeah, and it was bundled with Magician Lord and Fatal Fury. You should have typed baseball in my well, opinion. Well, Fatal Fury's awesome. I know Magician Lord has his fans as well. That was that was the gold package. The silver package launched at four hundred dollars. That included a joystick and no game. And again, this is four hundred dollars back in the day. I remember seeing, reading about the Neo Geo and uh, EGMs and that sort of thing, right. and you're, it was the system that was you wanted desperately, but it was totally unobtainable. It was always a pipe dream. I was just like, these are great graphics. What about the Neo Geo? Well, we don't even talk about that. It's not even classified in the when you're talking about the systems of the era. You don't even compare it with the Neo Geo because it was so far above everything else. Right. Uh, the Neo Geo home system was uh, was called the AES. Yes. All right. So. Uh, and the, these things were very powerful. And like I said, they were they were they ran the identical 
game. So it sounded like there huge. was there was no difference. I mean, you would you would get a home version of the game, but by that I mean it would read the BIOS in your AES and it would give you the home. So it would give you the home version right. effectively, because obviously you couldn't put in a quarter or whatever. Um, eventually, now the pro here's the problem: these the games for this thing were also outrageously yeah. expensive. Uh, uh, hundreds of dollars often uh, and, uh, and depending on the size of the game and the popularity and whatnot and they were and the cartridges for this thing are freaking enormous I mean they're ever, big and they're, yeah. they're huge I've never actually got to hold one but I've seen them in person they're incredibly large cartridges so um, Neo Geo said okay we can do something about this for the home market and so they released the Neo Geo CD mm-hmm. okay now this was a cost effective replacement or companion to the other system where they would take those enormous games and they would put them on, on CDs. And they, they were quite a bit cheaper. They, at that point, they became affordable. You know, your 50, 60 buck range. Right. Um, the problem was that the CD system they employed was a single speed CD-ROM. So if you've ever seen one of these or have, or anyone seen anyone play these, they are incredibly slow to load. A little bit of load time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Eventually, in '97, uh, and put, put, they kept making games as well into into the uh, early 2000s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they released something called the Neo Geo 64 Arcade System, and this was going to be a replacement for its arcade uh, for its arcade uh, system of the past that was still out there and and, and, and was going. Um, it didn't do that well. It didn't get that much support. It didn't get that many games, and it's not something that you you even see all I've never often. seen one. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't either. Uh, and then eventually Neo Geo ended up going into the uh, portable market as well with a, with a handheld, the Neo Geo uh, Pocket Color, which I have not ever owned, but I did own a game for it that I found one time at Target for no good reason. It was just, and I was like, I bought it and sold it on eBay for about 10 times what I paid for it. So <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, but uh, uh, nevertheless, a popular system and popular because it was it was great, not because everyone had one. I don't know anyone in the day that had one, or it could even come close to affording even the games for them. No, I, I it was something I always wanted, but yeah, but it was also something I didn't want because I knew I couldn't have it. Right. I mean, it was it was it wasn't like man, I'd love to have like a a, a Saturn. It was more like. Man, I'd like to have a Cadillac, but that's not going to happen. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, so with all that in mind, the Neo Geo, we've picked a couple games from from the Neo Geo console this week. But before we get into them, um, do you have any uh, memories of the first time you came across one of those uh, arcade? Neo Geo Cadets, and do you remember what you enjoyed playing on them back in the day in I, the arcade? I'm sure you. Since then, I'm sure you've got favorites that you never saw in the arcade. Right. Um, I, I remember seeing them at a place called Rock Lake. Uh, yeah. I, was that the first time I saw one? Probably not, but it's definitely the first time I paid attention to one because it had King of Monsters and um, a puzzle game in it, and I, I remember being perplexed and amazed that this one cabinet could play two games. And I played them both multiple times. And, and really, I love King of Monsters. The puzzle game I wasn't good at, nor did I like. But being able to switch back and forth between two games was so intriguing to me that I ended up playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember wanting to buy a memory card for Neo Geo. Just so I could use them at the arcade. No, I don't. Did you? Where did you? Did you ever see any for sale? Memory cards? Yeah. No, I didn't either. No, but I always wanted one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was also one of the most vandalized slots in uh, arcade history because you'd always find gum or other miscellaneous things jammed into it. Um, good memories, though. I uh, the. History of Neo Geo, for me, going back to when I was, you know, in my teens, uh, even up to now, where I still play Neo Geo games, uh, if I'm going to pull out an emulator and play a game, Neo Turf Masters is way up on the list. It's just, 
I have mm-hmm. a lot of fun playing it. I, I do as well. I think the first time I... I mean, I had seen the Neo Geo... It's funny. Uh, I, I had a bad... Uh, I had a bad attitude about games in cabinets that were multi-select games. And what I mean by that is, like, I had I had seen the uh, the uh, the uh, play choice, and I thought those were... I thought, man, this is a weak gimmick. And so when I saw a game that lets you choose different games, I, I always wanted the assumption that these, are, these games are crappy. That's why they gave you a choice. Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, screw this. And so... I remember the first time I really took a good hard look at the uh, uh, at the Neo Geo uh, and really played some stuff was the original uh, Samurai Showdown. Mm-hmm. Now Samurai Showdown One was not the best of the series. That would be Samurai Showdown Two. Yes, and I played the crap out of that at a local pizza joint. But I remember Samurai Showdown One had a lot of panache and style and 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 looked nice and sounded good and it was it was so impressive. That it really got my attention, and I went on to play Neo Geo games. I mean, again, it's a system one known for its fighting games, and so I'm, you know, uh, I, I used to be a big fan of World Heroes and that series, yep. uh, the the uh, King of Fighters series, which was great. I used to play a lot of those. Uh, I used to play uh, even some of the Fatal Fury, so a lot of that stuff, uh, and uh, the Baseball Stars, another one I played yes. quite a bit, you know, back in the day. They had a ton of good games, you know, and and wind jammers were you know mind-numbingly fun. You know, for boats. What it was. That's boats. He loves that game. I, I was never really good at it, but I, I know people. I know it's very popular. Uh, so overall, I, I enjoyed the system. So with that in mind, uh, we picked a couple games to chat about this week, and I'll let you lead the dance this week, Brent. What did, what did you pick out? I picked Neo Turf Masters. No, you didn't. Well, I. <laughs> I, you I, said we couldn't pick that. I, I wanted to pick Neo Turf Masters. <laughs> uh, I picked League Bowling. Oh, you say that again for the audience. You did what now? I picked League Bowling. <laughs> no, and you told me last week you were going to unearth what was it? A hidden gem. Yeah. Of now, after last week's hidden gem. Yep, which was which awesome. was which was a hidden gem. You know what? That was a that was a piece of coal. Oh, is what that oh, was. Oh, that's not fair. So this week you've unearthed what? Dirt clod. Um, <laughs> go ahead, please. League bowl leaves a little to be desired. When you think about a bowling game, in my opinion, you have to have three things. You have to have good controls. Mm-hmm. You have to have. Some kind of amusing or interesting style, and you have to have good pin action. I think if you cover those three things, you've got a successful bowling game. Now, what would you say is your favorite bowling game of all time? Oh boy! Because if it's not Wii Sports Bowling, you're well, wrong. I, well, I thought we were talking about arcade. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's Wii Sports Bowling. Yes. But in the arcade, I would <laughs> go with a uh, probably Capcom. Capcom. Capcom with, Bowling with the trackball. Yes. That was a very because at least that was challenging. Sure, it was, and it wasn't. I mean, I, I, I've never played Simpsons Bowling in the arcade, so I can't it's, comment to that. It's one. actually really bad. Really, yeah. I, I've not played that one. So I played a lot of Capcom Bowling because I used to hang out at bowling alleys. Yeah. So. so I picked Lee Bowling. Because I remembered it as being a really fun bowling game with really interesting graphics and fun controls and decent pin action. And I was wrong on almost every level. Now, you had, you had played this in an arcade. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the arcade. Yeah, yes. I have played this in the arcade. Yes. Um, and it, I, I never really went back to it, and I couldn't remember why until I went back to it. It has... Dreadful ball control because you only get to pick left and right spin from a straight throw. You can't throw it angled and then hook it back into the pins. You then pick your power, which is just one button press on a raising scale. The pin action is all, well, it's all sprite based, so the pin action is predetermined versus where you hit the pins initially you tend to leave four pins a lot um, the graphics the the cutscenes in between if you get a strike or a spare or a gutter or whatever uh, vary from huh that's kind of funny to disturbing when you're 
when your avatar gets ridiculously thin. And, and, um, I can't say enough bad things about this game. I'm sorry, audience. I have picked a real loser. It has three modes. Tries to get some redeeming quality there. There's regular bowling, which is just bowling. That's that's the one I played a lot. Uh, there is flash bowling. Flash! And what that does is if you have a strike or a spare, it has a counter at the top and can give you bonus points between 50 and 300. So like speed chess. Or 100 and 500, sorry. Um... And then the third mode is Strike 90, where if you get a strike, you get 90 points. And if you get a spare, you get 60 points. And that's that's it. Easier to score. Yeah, well, I if you're good, I guess it makes the, yeah, the gap score in is between... <laughs> if you're not good. Yeah. Um, now, I uh, will say, League Bowling does do one thing that... No other, gen- or no other Neo Geo game does. It has one claim to fame that nothing else can say, and it allows you to link up four Neo Geo systems together to play eight players at one time. Hmm. And the way that it does this <coughs> is uh, four systems. Each system has two screens, so that gives you your eight. You bowl frames independently from each other, so if someone steps away or is not as fast as you, that's fine. When you complete a frame, it waits until everyone catches up, and then you bowl your next frame. So, you could do pretty sizable bowling tournaments in that kind of configuration if you had four Neo Geos, four copies of the game, and four screens. And eight people willing to play. And that's probably where you're going to have your hardest thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, this game actually got pretty good reviews back in the day. It hovered around 7, 7.5 from places like uh, EGM and, uh, you know, the uh, IGN. Uh, it sells on eBay from between $60 for a loose cart. Now, the CDs are obviously cheaper, but I, I'm not even yeah. considering the CDs because the CDs, you can't link up. Because the link on these actually comes, you plug into the cartridge with a, with a 3.5 stereo headphone jack. All right. That's how you link these things. You daisy I was wondering. Channel. I was kind of wondering about that. Isn't that kind of crazy? But the, the eBay prices are from uh, 65 for a loose cartridge all the way up to 300 350 for the whole shebang, which is insanity in my eyes. Uh, All those cartridges are expensive. They are. A little fun tidbit. There are two other games that allow link play. None of them that do eight, but some that do four player. Oh, yeah. That are special. Uh, both of them are racing games. Uh, Thrasher, Rally, and... You know what? I cannot remember the last one. How bad is that? I've never heard of Thrasher Rally, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a racing game for the Neo Geo. The Neo Geo actually had a lot of decent racing games. It was all in a rally style where you... It's not necessarily you're going around a track. You're going to make your turns. Mm -hmm. The signal comes out like turn left or a hard left, and then you you turn from there. Uh, League Bowling Riding Hero motorcycle game hmm. was also multi-sync. I'm not familiar with that one either. And Thrasher Rally. Yeah, the you actually could not buy a link cable, a licensed link cable separately. They came in copies of Thrasher Rally. But they were hidden behind the bezel of the box, so people never even knew they were there. No kidding. Yeah, crazy stuff. That is wild. Uh, the link part of League Bowling, by far the most interesting part of the game. <clears throat> well, I'm going to do something unexpected, and I'm going to defend League Bowling. Okay. I, I, I'm glad to hear it. I, uh... Is it the best bowling game I've ever played? No. However, uh, I would call this the uh, ugly, stupid, 
illegitimate brother of Turf Masters <laughs> in that it's simple, it's not too difficult to understand the concepts behind it, and it's quick, it's got simultaneous two-player on-screen multiplayer, it's bowling, bowling's always fun and easy, uh, people have been making kind of rudimentary bowling games on systems since the very first systems, effectively. Uh, bowling has been a pretty easy concept to get over. Um, its graphics are cartoony. They're funny. Uh, the lead character is amusing. There's a chick that sort of wishes you luck and looks all pouty and cute. Although, I think she's kind of weird looking. But she's kind of standing there if you're playing by yourself. And it lets you pick your right or left hand. There's ball control after the throw. Uh, it does some stuff I don't think I've seen in too many bowling games, which is, allows you to alter your approach on the fly. <laughs> which is, you can do some wacky stuff, because in a lot of games, once you press roll ball, your guy approaches from where you sat him, and he rolls the ball. This game, you can stagger up to the line like a drunken sailor and toss that ball and uh, with, with some wacky results. This is a wacky bowling game. Uh, the, uh, the sound effects and stuff were good. Uh, I, I thought for a, if you're if you're a, want something uh, that's simple. I mean, we bowling is very simple. And by the way, comparing this to we bowling is not fair. Uh, I know, I, and but, I would, and I wasn't. But if you if you look at bowling games, often they have something in common. It's funny bowling and pool. Are, are games where you use a ball to do stuff, but they're pulled with the complexities over the top. Whereas bowling's never been treated with that sort of uh, 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 that sort of care when it comes to setting angles and stuff. It's just, you know, good luck, sucker. You roll the ball. Uh, but uh, uh, th this is dumb guy simple, and it's fun. I played, uh, I, I had played this in the, in the past, uh, and I enjoyed it to a certain degree. I mean, is this my favorite ninja game? No. And I believe I read that this is the second, by cartridge storage, this is the second smallest Neo Geo game that there was ever made. Yep. So that shows you right there. They didn't put a whole lot on it. But, I mean, it's bowling. Um, the fact that you can move your guy on the fly on the approach, I like that. It's wacky. Especially if you, what I like about it is if you, you know, it's your classic golf-style meter, right? So if you botch it, and, you, and it looks like you're going to hook this sucker hard, as hard as possible to say the right. And you've already set your approach on the way up. You can jerk your approach over to the side. And then once the ball is rolled, you've got a little bit of control with the joystick. You've got to guide the ball a little bit, a little after control. You can kind of guide the ball as best you can. But it doesn't feel cheap. Like, everything's a strike. It's, it's a difficult game to master immediately. But... Uh, I, I don't think I don't have a problem with it. I mocked you because it was a uh, of all the uh, the universe of Neo Geo choices uh, you chose uh, the uh, you know a small asteroid in, in a solar system of, of unbelievable awesomeness but it, it's an asteroid that has some beneficial minerals on it so I, I, so I give it I give it the high sign I, I we're going to have to agree to disagree on this Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my rose-tinted memories, I remember a lot more funny cutscenes when you got strikes and spares. I remember They're better funny. controls. They're funny scenes. The pins fall on the guy. He falls off and it falls into a, an abyss or whatever. There's only like five of them. Have you ever went to see... I play bowling and they've got the little animations on the yes. screen. They've got like five. No. That's a bowling tradition. Limited animations. <laughs> uh, I remember this far more fondly in my youth and that's where it should have stayed because <laughs> I I challenged myself to make it through 10 full games of each mode. I didn't make it. <laughs> I didn't make it. I was so bored. So, all right, let's move to a higher point. What did you pick for your <clears throat> game? So, Brent forbade me from picking uh uh one of my favorites, which was Neo Turf Masters, which is that's because we would have both picked it. And he also told me not to pick a fighting game. Couldn't so pick a fighting game. I stepped also. I stepped outside my comfort zone, if you will, <clears throat> to pick a game that I had only a passing uh, look at, but have always sort of been intrigued by, which is a game called Viewpoint. Yes. 
uh, viewpoint was developed by an outfit called Acom, and it was published by Sammy, the prolific shoot 'em up publisher. Uh, it uh, released on Neo Geo uh, in Japan in t- November 20th of 92 and in the U.S. on December 11th of 92. Um, and the AES version of it came out December 11th, 92. So these all came out right about the same time. Of course, poor Europeans, they were late for the party as always in yeah. the March of 93. I don't know why they always get hosed on, on this stuff. So this is a pretty large game, 74 megabit game. So, 74 mega power, uh, a game, as, <laughs> as the uh, thing always says. So, what is Viewpoint? <coughs> viewpoint is a... Well, to, to talk about what Viewpoint is, we're going to first look at another game. Because uh, I like to do that, and it's, it makes sense in this case. Who here, raise your hand, if you've ever played a game from the early 80s, 82 to be exact, called Zaxxon. I knew this is where this was coming. Yeah, so, Zaxxon was a uh, game that was released in 82 that had that sort of isometric view. In fact, mm-hmm. it was it was widely regarded as the first game. And I remember, and I'm sure I've mentioned this in the past, but I remember sitting at the house one time watching Entertainment Tonight, as I would want to do back in my childhood, and seeing them cover this as the first truly 3D arcade game. Mm. Uh, and and uh, this was a big deal when it came out in, in America. And I can't speak for other parts of, of the world. And I've almost owned a Zaxxon so many times. It has, I mean, I could have had it. I just never have gotten one. Uh, and part of the reason is that it, if I like Zaxxon, don't get me wrong, but I don't mm-hmm. know how often I would play it. Right. Uh, if I owned it. Uh, Zaxxon was uh, that uh, you played a ship that went through these basically like, uh, you went into these uh, battle uh, areas. Uh, you're basically like di- dive shooting uh, these enemy bases, mm-hmm. and then you would, and then in between the two bases, there's a very horrible part that you fly in space, this free floating space area, just fight other fighters. Now that's norm, that's normal, run of the mill stuff. But uh, in this game, you had the uh, you had to go up and down in the third dimension. It made it very difficult to gauge the levels that your enemy was on. They tried their best with some. Uh, they trickery. had some cues and some they had, they had uh, some stuff that would like some markers on the screen that would let you know when you were on the same level as a guy or if you were in danger of being shot. But it didn't work that well in space. Now, when you were in the actual battle areas, it worked great. That was my favorite part. So, uh, this game, uh, I, you know, there were now and again people would try to go down that road, you know, with that isometric. But I mean, that was the preeminent, predominant, number one isometric shooter. Well, yes. Here comes Viewpoint. So, Viewpoint said, okay, let's take everything people liked about Zaxxon and and junk all the stuff they didn't like. And so, in their game, uh, you you again play a small ship that is going through these areas and shooting. Uh, The difference is, you do not go up and down. It is a straight, uh, basically, it's a, you're restricted to the level you're on. Right. And so what this does is it allows you to not have to make the choices that you had to make in Zaxxon. Now, in Zaxxon, moving up and down was a gameplay element. And so there would be obstacles that would be that would you would come across that you required your altitude to change to get through them. The walls. Right. Not just not. the walls, the, the, the force shields also. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So one would guess what what was viewpoint doing to to compensate for this gameplay element that's been taken out. So what they did was they were very clever and they came up with some interesting gimmicks to to uh, uh, make it more interesting and give you more to think about. And gimmick one is they thought, heck, what Zaxxon wasn't will be. We're going to be like a bullet hell style shooter. So uh, when, you, when you start Viewpoint, your ship shoots off and it's very cool uh, Element he flies into the clouds and then you're not in the clouds you're in this you're going down on this and in, in fighting in this thing in this area, uh, but you find out right away that while you move about the same clip that you did in Zaxxon, uh, the bullets are plentiful and they really and and far faster they really crank <laughs> up the difficulty yes 
And one thing Viewpoint is known for, and I mean, I'll tell you, I come off the Amiga and I'm doing this, and here we go again with these un unbeatable killer super death shooters. And this is another one. Uh, this thing is brutally difficult. Um, so what else did they do? Well, your ship has the ability, uh, a la like an R-type, if you hold the fire button down, uh, the uh, your ship's lasers will charge up, and you you, know, you hold the button down, and you'll get the big, huge beam. And when you release it, you get sort of a, a killer beam that will take out multiple enemies at once and do big damage uh, to uh, different uh, adversaries. So that you know, you've got an R-type element there. If you if you like those sort of things, but, well, what this does though is. Uh, this really you almost have to do this a lot because you'll come across a lot of enemies that are very difficult to hurt and you'll be sitting there tapping that button until doomsday to try to get through them so what else does it do well this thing since it's isometric it takes advantage of that angle you're at by implementing devious little traps and 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 whatnot and so one of the first things you come across are these walls the walls and i don't know how you would explain this in the real world but because I can't imagine any enemy actually putting up walls like this. Oh, you, no. but, the, but the walls have uh, effectively uh, they have like uh, turnstiles or something Cranks. on them, and so you have to yeah. shoot these things. And as you shoot them, the wall will wind back along these tracks, um, and you have to you have to shoot far enough to where you get your ship through. And then you've got to shoot the next one, so you're sort of zigzagging through the first screen. Mm -hmm. And these things will pop up now and again. Uh, another thing you you'll see are are um, items that run across the screen on a lot of times on tracks uh like for example the first screen you see are these giant what would you call these like lug gears. nuts or yeah, yeah, gears. gears that's better and they and they uh they travel along the these different axes and you sort of got to avoid them or blow them up all the time you've got all kinds of enemies that are coming out so what do you got in terms of firepower aside from your mega shot? Well, you can get these two little ships that will go on either side of your ship that will give you some firepower, and they don't they don't get hurt really. So you can you can use them to can, absorb bullets, right? Um, Small bullets, right? So you'll notice that this game is not this game does something that I think is interesting, and it tries to emulate a uh, a three D 90s look and by that I mean uh, uh, you'll recall a, a PlayStation for example or a Virtua Fighter has that sort of uh, the 3D has that sort of boxy feel mm -hmm. to it mm -hmm. uh, this is this game isn't that but they try to emulate sort of with the, some of the end bosses uh, which is interesting some of them yeah, yeah like some for of example, the larger enemies a, yeah the giant crab you, comes to mind it has that uh has that uh, you made it to the giant crab? No. Okay. <laughs> I would admit that uh, I did not get far at all. Okay. Uh, I got to the I got to the first boss, and that was a minor miracle in itself. But eventually, I I cheated to be honest oh, with you. And, okay. Uh, and uh, I got to see what's going on. So I wanted to see what was you know on ahead. Um, and so, but this is an interesting um, graphical element that I enjoyed. I like the fact that they tried to. I don't know why they did that, but it's it's still kind of neat that they that yeah, they did it, was, it that way. It's it was an interesting it's a, it's art a choice direction. Um, another thing that this game had that I liked, much like your bowling game, it had uh, you could add a second player. Mm -hmm. Now I didn't get to play with two people, unfortunately, uh, but uh, I have seen it done. And in fact, I was actually I. This is one of the games. I, and one of the reasons I picked this because I have played this in the arcade. Huzzah! <laughs> and so I was I'd watch people play it and be like, "This looks incredibly hard." Uh, we had a uh, uh, we had a arcade in Lexington. The it was the uh, Wildcat Arcade. Yes, and, I remember uh, it. It was we had a lot. It was often a lot of um, Asian students in there, and I always wondered if these guys had had played these things in Japan. Or something, you know, because they were all like there was a couple guys that were great at these shooters, and they were great at fighting games too. And they were all, and they were, they were awesome. They were, they were awesome. And I'd watch these guys and watch how they played, and then go in there and bomb, trying to imitate their incredible, <laughs> you know, incredible antics. Um, I, I thought this was interesting. I wanted to go over this real quick. So the back of the box, they always have these wacky little blurbs and stuff. So 
This one, the blurb one, is I think I thought was kind of funny. It says, "Welcome to a beautiful but deadly world of shooting and strategy, where annihilation happens in the blink of an eye. Knowing when to attack and when to dodge are skills you will have to master quickly. You are the bupo fighter navigating in a world of terror and wonder, armed with fire bombs, homing bombs, shock waves, and the ability." To vary your shooting power, your mission is to successfully navigate six intense levels. Viewpoint's non-stop arcade action makes the bosses get bigger and badder each level you progress. Think it's easy? Guess again! Even they say it on the box. <laughs> uh, just when you think you've mastered the movement, some new and exciting enemy stands between you and the next level. Flawless 3D polygon graphics are so real, you may forget where reality ends and the game begins. Ooh. Viewpoint changing the way you look at action games forever. That's wow. I mean, and I will say that's a pretty apt description of the game. It is beautiful, the wonderment and whatnot. Uh, they mentioned the uh, your uh, shot, fire bombs, homing bombs, shock waves. Yes. Well, there's your third offensive weapon. So you've got your uh, you've got your hold the button down, fire, and then your regular fire. You've got your little fel- satellites. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your ever-present, ever-popular Super Bomb. Mm-hmm. Now, this these do come in several varieties. I think my favorite is the Shock Wave, because it just comes across the screen and just kind of blows stuff up as it goes. Uh, you've also got your homing your homing bombs and the Fire Bomb. Um, they help. You go through them quickly. And they don't <laughs> replenish quickly in this game, I've noticed. This isn't like, say, uh, Raiden. Where you can get that stuff back pretty right. quick. Like you're, these don't come back that no. quick. Uh, not quick enough for me, anyway. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, one last thing I want to touch on this game. This is probably, ironically, what the game is most well known for. This game has a top shelf grade A soundtrack. Yeah, it is outstanding. Now, I'm not into jazz that much or that sort of jazzy stuff, but. Uh, uh, and this game, I will say, does the music match the action? No. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but what it does do, it's, it's it gives this incredibly difficult game a kind of a laid-back feeling. It's very odd. It's it, Don't you think? I mean, it may, it's, the music is sort of laid-back. It's catchy. You know, the opening... The opening game has been uh, 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 the opening song you you hear remixed. Uh, so a lot of songs this have been remixed quite a bit, you know, and it was it's pretty popular. Uh, uh, the soundtrack is one of the I'd say it's amongst the top soundtracks on the Neo Geo. So if wow. you're yeah, I mean it, it's it, really good. It is really good. It's really good. Yeah. So this game was uh, uh, pretty popular. Uh, it won several awards. Uh, on the Neo Geo, it won for EGM's best graphics in a video game. Uh, it, it won best music in a video game, and it won Game Fans best shooter. That was on the Genesis. Now I should go into the other versions of this that, that came around. It was released multiple times. It was. Yeah. So, of course, the Neo Geo got its version, and the Genesis got a version. Now I I looked at several of these other versions. Um, the uh, the Genesis version. It's a pretty far cry. And by the way, none of these have the awesome music that not on the same level. Correct. Um, this also got a, a PlayStation release. Now the PlayStation version is sort of radically different. Yeah, it's. It? Did, it's, you, did it's, you have a look at it? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the same game, but it's not the same game. It is. They really sort of redid the the, the graphics on it, uh, which you know it 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 looked odd. To me, uh, the uh, I don't know if I liked it or not. I mean, it was different. I, I had to really sit down and play it instead of just watch a video. But it, you know, it looked good. But it, but the Neo Geo version, which is the original, is widely regarded as, as the best as the best version. Um, again, the uh, the the game was so popular that it uh, was uh, a sequel was announced, uh, which would have been uh, uh, Viewpoint Viewpoint Twenty Sixty Four. This was going to be a sequel that was going to be released on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, you can believe it. I'd never heard about this until I read it. Um, but uh, and this was going to be in '98, and uh, Sammy had development issues with it, so it was canceled. Yeah, they just couldn't get they just couldn't get the job done. I mean, something else I didn't know, and I read this I read this on the, on uh, the wiki, I believe. 
someone found the prototype and auctioned it off. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, and sold it, yeah. That was only a couple years ago that that happened. So, um, what did you think about Viewpoint? Loved it. Really? Loved it. Now, you're better at these sorts of games than I am. I'm a a pretty big shooter fan. Uh, Viewpoint is probably a tick harder than I like my shooters. And I, it, to me, it was not a bullet hell. It was fairly difficult game. My issue was it was two things. Controls, because you're up, down, left, and right are actually hitting the diagonals. Yes, um, I mean, you have, you have to get used to it. That's no and, and I struggle with that. It's the same reason I hate Qbert. Um, <laughs> I love Qbert. And... The isometric angle on levels where it had some kind of grid or floor that I could better align up my enemies, I was okay. But when you were over top of just water or non-grid-like floors, I had trouble lining up shots. Now, that is not to say that this game could have had some tweaking. First and foremost, I wish you could cycle through your bombs, your super bombs, and decide what you're going to shoot. Yes, they they are pretty much whatever you pick up. They are the well, the, they're in the line that you get them. That's it. Yeah. Um, in some situations, you're just you're shooting off your super missiles just to get to your other your your wave or your uh you know your fire thing because you the multi missiles are so situational that. You just want to get rid of them. At least I did. Um, I, I kept them. I held on to them like grim death. Oh, it didn't it, matter what I had. Yeah, I, was, I knew I was going to be screwed shortly. Well, I mean, if you die with them, you don't. It's not like the, your next guy gets them. So yeah, fair enough. Uh, the bosses in this game that I got to, I made it halfway through the game hmm. uh, without cheating, uh, and, and I played it way more than I played League Bowling. So <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> um, but I. It was a fair death system most of the time. When I died and I came back to it, I got a little bit better. Uh, that's something else I should have touched on. When you die in this, you don't just pick back up. That's a checkpoint That's, that's for system. suckers. This thing backs you way back. Well, it's a checkpoint system. If you're at a boss, system. TS, you're going back. It's a checkpoint I system. I do not like that. Now, see, I'm fine with that because it lets you get better at aspects of the game that you're not good at. Now, if, if <laughs> this, I guess if you get better, then it's okay. If this game didn't have unlimited continues, I wouldn't like it. Yeah, they want more money. Well, yeah, it's an obviously <laughs> it's catered to be an arcade game. Uh, but I I kept going, I kept going, I kept going until my wife basically was like, "Look, it's time for bed. You you've got to stop." I was <laughs> like, "Man, okay." <laughs> and then I went back and I played more later and I, you know, I would get to a certain point, I'd get a little bit farther than I was before. I love that about games. I love having that feeling of accomplishment when you get a little bit farther. Uh, I eventually did watch uh, a speed run of this game where it, I saw the whole thing. Level 5 where they make you fight all the boss. It's basically a boss rush. I don't like that in shooters. So I would have probably gotten pretty ticked if I would have made it to that point and had to have done that. However, I would have cried if I'd gotten that far. <laughs> However, I really enjoyed the game. The music is incredibly awesome, but does not match the environment. It's, it is, that is a strange, it reminded me, you know what it reminded me of, I'm a big fan of Cowboy Bebop, you ever watched, I know you haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. Oh, I, give me a break, have you yes watched, I have. I didn't know, I, I every know. episode and the well, movie. Well, you know how it has this sort of jazzy soundtrack, yeah. it's kind of laid back, even when there's battles going on, someone's doing a clarinet, so, that's what this game sort of had that same kind of vibe for me, it was that kind of, you know, it was up, it was upbeat music, but it wasn't like, it was upbeat, but it wasn't driving. That's right. That's right. Um, it was not electronica or anything no. either. Yeah. Uh, on viewpoint, though, I think my biggest issue over all the other issues is your ship is too slow. It, it well, that's what it reminded me of. They took that right from Zaxxon. Yeah. Do you notice that your ship almost has a ray traced feel to it? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or yeah. rendered, yeah. And some of the some of the enemies are like that. And you're right about the being able to to find where you're at on the screen based on how the flooring mm-hmm. is done. 
That's true. Now that that much said, normally when, you, when there's some kind of gridish type pattern, and they do that a lot. There's some kind of very diabolical 3D enemy that's you know yeah. or something's coming up. There's areas where you have to get through, almost like spinning, like card, like I don't know what, like these ships that are going around in circles. There's stuff that there's these big ships that come on the screen that you have to sort of go around. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there when they say this is a thinking man shooter. I mean it is. It really you have to. It's not just a boom boom you go through it. I mean you have to. What am I going to do? It's what's my next move? I don't know what you know. Which way do I go? How do I get past this unpenetrable thing? Right. You know, and there's some parts where you don't shoot for a little while. You're trying to. Yeah, you, you know, maneuver. It's which? Are you and, kidding me? And the enemy, the enemy variety, and the imagination and the enemy design, top notch. Well, top notch. You could tell they they said, okay, here's the concept for this game. What kind of stuff can we put in here? That it will work out well given the parameters of what the game is. Yeah. Now, you're, one thing about this game that's it's on a slow roll, which you know most of these games are when you when, uh, a diagonal slow roll in right. this game. It was it, it wasn't slow enough for me <laughs> because oh. my ship got caught. I mean, I can't tell you how many obstacles I'd run into because I'd be trying to get somewhere as quick as I could, and and it's uh, your ship. It's not the quickest ship. That's a that's a yeah, fact. It's, it's, a speed up would not have been a out of out of order thing. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, listen, I'm no shooter guy, as you know. But I I, I thought this game needed to be uh, mentioned due to the creativity of it. And I'm sure people that are real hardcore shooters are like, well, duh, Aaron. But listen, for your average schlup like me. I thought it was unique and it was different. I really, I really enjoyed the. Uh, it was it was, and I I would enjoy it for someone else basically because I know I'm not good enough to get through most of that cheating. But it was interesting to see the different elements they employed, based on that isometric view. And I, yeah. thought, I, I think it was pretty interesting. Now I have a question. Yeah, of the two games that you played this week, which game would you be more likely to go pick up and play again? Bowling. Bowling, and and, and it's. This is nothing against viewpoint, but often I'm limited for time, and I need something where. And also, uh, I can't get real far in viewpoint now. If I had hours to sit down and play something, that's what I did. I just sat down one night and just played the crap at a viewpoint. And then the next night I played a little bit. I fit some more in, but I mean, uh, for me, I need something that, that I can knock out in a hurry. Now, don't get me wrong; I can knock out viewpoint in a hurry, but I mean, <laughs> you know. But I mean, I, since you can continue, I'll just keep going. It is really frustrating to have to go back and go over. You know, re- this is the perfect game for save states. Let's put that. Oh way. no! Don't yeah, don't ruin save it. states on it. Don't ruin it. Um, I looked this up on the old eBay to see what it was going for. Uh, you could get the CD from Japan. All right, forty-two bucks. Yeah. Uh, they also have I saw fifty-four bucks, and these are with you know the CD case and whatnot. Now, if you want the AES, the cart, yeah, the that, big dog, that's what we want. Uh, Sealed in box. I oh. saw one go for four hundred bucks. Wow, that's remarkably cheap. Well, it depends on your perspective of cheap. If bowling's going for three hundred, and the cartridge just the cartridge, right? And I think it also had the the docks. I don't think it had, but it didn't have the box. Three fifty. Wow. So there's not a drop off for that, right? Well, I mean, so I think someone. Well, I don't know. Sealed in box. Like I said, I saw one go for four hundred, one for four hundred sixty. That's not bad. I think I would probably go with the sealed in box. <laughs> so, well, the sealed in box though, you never time. Actually, I'm not sure it was a sealed or maybe just be complete in box. Now I think about, it. I don't think oh, it was still okay. sealed. I'd say sealed would go for quite a bit. Quite more. a bit. Now more. I think about, it, I think yeah. it was sealed. I think it was complete in box. So uh, overall, clear choice bowling. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. For God's <laughs> sakes, don't go and play bowling if you'd be an, an idiot. So with that out of the way, Brent, I think you know what time it is. It's time to spin the wheel and make the deal. All right. Allow me to grab the wheel. Now. What is added to the wheel tonight? This week we have added. I'm gonna let you spin it this time around. This week we've added the uh, classic, if if that's your cup of tea, the Apple II the to Apple the uh, All right. to the mix. Now we're getting some really wacky stuff here. We've got a lot of wackery on here. Some of this stuff's been on the wheel for a while and just has never gotten spun. So remember. We're stopping it right up here, wherever this little plastic gimmick stops. And my hands are holding the base here, but there is no chicanery. This is, let me get a good shot here. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping for Odyssey. All right. I could do for some Odyssey goodness. Okay. All right. Spin you ready? Deal, make the deal. Yeah. That was a good spin. Good spin. Good spin. Yeah. Come on, Odyssey. 
Come on, Audit. Oh. What do we got, Brand? We have got the Game Boy Advance. The Game Boy Advance. Yeah. We, we haven't done the game. This again, we've never done anything on this board. The Game Boy Advance. Now you owned the Game Boy. Oh Advance. yes, I loved it. Now, holy I, moly. I have never owned a Game Boy Advance. Uh, but I have had portable systems that would allow me to play the Game Boy, which was including the, uh, oh, what did I have that would let me do it? I, I like the PSP will let me play Game Boy stuff and some few other things. Now, 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 Game Boy Advance. Yes, yeah, I understand. Okay, I just... So, um, you owned a Game Boy Advance when they came out originally, Absolutely. Right? Did, oh, did you, yes. And, and so you have an idea of what you're going to play already. Uh, oh, man, there's so many good games. I'll have to look. I'll have to look. You'll recall, uh, gentle viewers or listeners, that when I played... The last time we picked a portable system, which I believe was the Game Boy Color, I think, I chose stupidly. <laughs> and I picked the Load Runner game that was universally hated, and I hated it and couldn't get off the first level of it. Wow. Good job. Yeah. And we found out later this was the Japanese like release for the people that thought the original Load Runner was too simple. <laughs> so it's the beatdown version. So I will try to pick with greater care, because I'll admit my uh, knowledge of the GBA is incredibly limited. Um, I will I will vow not to pick a bowling game. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So before we go, I want a couple of items I want to touch on that we always forget to do. Uh, for number one, uh, I'm not sure a lot of people know that this is actually a podcast. You can actually. Uh, pick uh, ARG Presents up with your podcatcher. Uh, and, and then you don't have to look at us. It's like a win-win. Well, who wouldn't look at me? Um, and if you go to the... Uh, if you go to ARG Presents webpage, uh, we will... Uh, uh, you can link up right there. Lars. But anybody, if you just type it into any uh, podcatching device, it comes up. So if you want to stream us uh, on your, on your, po- on your uh, little mobile device, your phone, whatnot, you're good to go. And of course, we're always on YouTube. Uh, secondly, uh, as you know, this is the sister show of the Amigos, Everything Amiga podcast, on which I am affiliated, and so is Brent sometimes. Uh, we are... Financial supporters. Yeah, that's what it is. So we are doing our annual Amiga-thon, and it's going to be dropping, I believe it's July 7th. At, 2018. Yeah, that's right. At uh, It'll be 6.30 in the morning here, but I believe... I don't know what that translates to in Europe. I was like, what is that? Uh, uh, like four hours behind. So is that ten thirty? I think UTC. Um, should be a good time. Uh, and we are raising money for the Children's Miracle Network this year. A very worthy cause. We are off and running, and we have already received quite a few uh, donations. If you would like to donate, uh, feel free to uh, pop over and drop us a few bucks. Uh, we are taking. Reservations for for every dollar you uh, donate before the event, you will receive one minute of game time of whatever Amiga game you want. We're all, we were scheduled to go twelve hours, and we already have booked fourteen hours of games. Woo! So, good luck. In with fact, that. it could be more by now. It could be fifteen hours. So we're going to be beat down. If you want to see a man get beat down, and then after the event starts, we're going to just be taking donations, and also you'll get to pick. Who gets the pie in the face at the end of this thing? And I can tell you, I got the pie last year, and it was it was a delicious, brutal experience. Oh, okay. The pie, the pie giver was a uh, strong man, circus strong man, that tried to actually shove the pie through the back of my head, not the back. So it was brutal. But if you want to uh, go down the road, and 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 it's all all the money goes to charities for a tremendous cause. In fact, uh, the amigos doesn't even touch the money. The donations yeah, are straight through the Children's yeah, Miracle we Network. We, we don't we don't ever touch that cash. It is one hundred percent charity. Yeah, now. and it's uh, like I said, it's a good cause. And, it uh, is. We had a good run last year, and we've I think we've already topped last year's in the in the lead up. So. This year should be really a really strong. Uh, uh, so we and if you've already donated, I appreciate it. Um, anything else? I think that covers it. I right? think that wraps it up. So uh, next week again, uh, the Game Boy Advance. Yes. And until next time, have a good one.